0: Welcome to the Dork Forest. Jackie yeah, and, and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions
1: about our obsessions will make us laugh and smile. and smile. So let's explore the Dork Forest and dork, dork out for a while. Hi, I'm Jackie Cation and you're listening to the Dork Forest. Uh, you know the website's JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com the Credits. Mike Rickberg sang that song. He wrote and composed it. He sang it with Sarah Cohen. He's going to sing again at the end Mexican Hat Dance. And then Vilmos fixes the website, and Patrick Brady is going to fix this audio. JackieKation.com has my stand up and live Dork Forest uh, schedules, including my upcoming Portland, Oregon. Uh, going to be doing Portland, Oregon. Live dork forest with Carrie Brownstein from Portlandia and a standup show July 13th. Feel free to come out to that. So the, the links are all on Jackie com, and there is a donation button on Jackie Cation.com and on dork forest.com, which now points to all things, comedy, which is the Umbrella podcast host that I am with right now. That is amazing. All Things Comedy, by the way, has about 30 other podcasts that you can listen to. Feel free to cherry pick over there. They're on the right-hand side. The donation button on dorkforest.com and jackiecation.com are live. Feel free to donate. Knock yourselves out. I recommend everyone give me a $100 a year. Yep. And if you don't have a $100 a year... Don't worry about it. Uh, just tell everybody that you love the show. And you can get merch if you want. That's another way to donate and, and, and get stuff. You can get a Ranger of the Dork Forest t-shirt from JackieCation.com or uh, the Brett Chambers Dork Forest t-shirt. My CDs, you can buy those. You can also use the banner on the Amazon banner and buy your stuff through Amazon, and Amazon gives me a kickback. Last month, I made $39. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, pretty sweet. Anyway, let's get into it. It's a good episode. Thanks for listening, folks. Hi, it's Jackie Cation. Welcome to the Dork Forest. Sitting with me, a guy I have known uh I think 10 years now. Lee Bennett, welcome to the program.
0: Probably every bit of 10 years. Hi Jackie, how you doing?
1: I'm doing pretty good. You are uh one of Andy Ashcraft's best friends uh since the dawn of man. You pretty were much. His, his best man. Since
0: since about uh 1996 actually. Wow. When we met uh for the first time. In a uh live action role playing game in a LARP. I'd never met him before. I walked in. Yeah. He was uh I think my cousin in one of the LARPs and ended up being a flunky of mine for the game. <laughs> and that's how we met. Which LARP was it? Uh it was uh Oscar One.
1: Oscar One. Yeah.
0: And what is the ba- based on the Oscars. Um it's Oscar One because there was a second one that was Oscar two.
1: Oh, okay. Based on the Oscars?
0: Yeah. That's what
1: I love about LARPing. It can be about anything.
0: Yeah. So, you know, Carrie, I was a, a mogul who was a producer, Uncle Luigi. Uncle Luigi. Luigi <laughs> Napoli. All right. And um, uh, it's the first LARP I'd ever played in, actually. Okay. But got yanked into that. Didn't know, didn't know but like two people in the game. Was it
1: from Enigma? Yeah. It was, it was... an Enigma LARP. Oh, okay. I
0: just found Enigma like two weeks before. Okay. Because you were
1: going to UCLA for Masters? I was a post-doc,
0: P- postdoc. A postdoctoral research position there. There
1: we go. Right. Because you work at Caltech. For JPL, for science.
0: Yeah, I work at Cal, I work with J, you know, it's at Caltech for an organization called the IPAC Infrared Processing Analysis Center. Right. Um, and I'm an engineer and a manager there. We work with JPL, um, running space, based telescopes. telescopes, and we do, uh, archiving for a lot of ground-based telescopes as well.
1: Eh, science, space, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, what I tell people is like, it's the Hubble. Except for that it isn't the Hubble. It's 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 19, it's like 19 telescopes later from
0: the Hubble. It's like the Spitzer. Spitzer Space Telescope. Okay. It is that one? Okay. Hubble was, uh, one of NASA's great observatories that's based on the East Coast. And oh, we're, an we're, we're sort of, we're sort of the redheaded stepchild of that. You know, <laughs> we're the, we're the last of the great observatories, the Spitzer Space Telescope.
1: Excellent. See? Still cool. You showed me around the last time I was, I was in Pasadena, South Pass, or wherever the hell we were. Pasadena, and, home right, campus. It was a, uh, it was a room full of, uh, full of computers. Yep. And, uh, there was some backing up going on <laughs> as, as we, as I took the tour. <laughs> So, but here's, now the reason I asked you to be on the show, because there are many things you could dork out about. So many things. Clearly. Clearly, you are a Renaissance dork. There's a, you are a multifaceted <laughs> diamond of dorkdom. You could talk costumes, you could talk sword fighting, you could talk. Oh anything. D&D we play D&D together.
0: I could talk NASA and JPL clearly. You could,
1: clearly you could talk NASA and JPL and uh but you uh you were my first introduction cuz cuz that's the first D&D game that we are still playing low these many years later mm-hmm. Eberron three point five. Uh and as you were the one who said, Jackie, you won't really be in when you until you can tell at a glance the difference between a D twelve and a D twenty, which the journey still continues. So uh but okay, so I've been getting some complaints lately, not complaints, but people saying not enough DC talk comic book wise. Only Marvel, because I only know Marvel and indie stuff, right? Hmm. And the only DC titles I read are Batwoman and um, Animal Man. And then like a dial H for hero, that's a DC title. Yep. And then a couple of weird one-offs, but not not anything like Batman or Superman. You, I know, know plenty about Marvel, but let's talk DC today. Okay. Today. Right. Okay.
0: We're talking DC Comics. We're
1: talking DC Comics. Uh, What do you know about them? Uh, They've been around for some time.
0: Yeah. Well, (laughs) you know, I've been reading DC Comics since I was probably five, which would have been eh, 1970, 71.
1: All right, and
0: so they were the first comics I started reading, okay, and I think a lot of that was because uh you know at the time the George Reeves Superman. TV show from the I guess the 50s was in syndication.
1: Right, so reruns.
0: And, yeah, and the Batman uh TV show, the uh Adam West Burt Ward Batman was oh, right. in reruns. So as a kid, I saw those characters on TV. Right. You know, when your dad takes you to the to the newsstand and he's going to buy you like two comic books. <laughs> right. You get the ones with the characters you know. And right. so I started meet, reading mostly DC. Got into Marvel years later when I was in high school.
1: Okay. So Batman and Superman from the get-go. And both of those, I, see, I I watched those Superman. And, oh, you know what happens? is my The damn phone
0: goes off. Oh. I turned mine off.
1: I, well, you are a better person than I
0: am. I do telecons.
1: <laughs> but you know who it was? It was my brother, Russ, who loves to call me and tell me what he's watching on television. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about television. <laughs> is, I saw those Batman and Spider-Man, uh, Bat- Superman. Superman TV shows and i loved them too from when yeah. i was a kid and what um, and and were those early comic books cheerful were they well
0: i mean it depends it goes in waves i mean if you look at the the earliest dc or the earliest comic books you know 1938 1939 um, the beginnings of superman and batman Especially Batman, you know, early on was, was pretty dark. I mean, he was the Dark Knight Detective. Um, oh, okay. You know, it was set in 1939, 1940, you know, Pulp Noir was a huge thing. Right. Uh, World War II was going on, the Great Depression had just come out of. Right. You know, these, these weren't the brightest comics <laughs> in the world. <laughs> right. It was only sort of in the 50s, um, after the, um, McCarthyism and the, the, the Wortham trials, uh, where comic books were sort of put on trial, mostly oh, because right, of right. EC, okay. um, which had lots of horror and, you know, e- yeah, I forget exactly what it stands for. It was a brand of comics. Okay. But they had oh, a lot okay. of trials um, about the, you know, because they had horror comics that were really graphic, um, great comics. You know, the artwork in them is fantastic, but right. it's really dark. And so they had a lot of trials, and they put in the comic book code, comic book authority code which, you know, established, you know, rules oh, sort of like the haze code for movies. Exactly, okay. same thing. And um, the comic books that ma- maintained the comic books that managed to jump, which was pretty much only DC, mm-hmm. um, they went, you know, almost childlike. Okay. And so the Batman the Batman TV show reflects the Batman comics of a few years before it. Okay. In the late 60s mostly in response to Marvel um, DC started getting darker again, especially as Denny O'Neill, who was a great writer, is a great writer. Still um, around, I think? Yeah, started writing, uh, mostly detective in that time period, which was Batman. detective okay. Detective comics. The, the, um, What's his name? DC? D- Denny O'Neill.
1: Denny O'Neill? And he wrote, did he write early Batman and yeah, then... he started... wrote
0: Batman and then, um, one of the real transformative co- uh, comic books of that time period, the Green Lantern Green Arrow series which is where they had Green Arrow sidekick, Speedy, get okay. involved with drugs, which was a huge first for the comic books at the time. In fact, year DC – What um, Late 60s? Yeah, 68, 69, maybe even as late as 70 or 71. I don't remember exactly. Okay. But one of the big issues deals about that one is they put it out without a comic book code authority stamp on it, which uh-huh. was the first in probably two decades. Okay. Um, because it had Speedy taking drugs. It showed him shooting heroin right there on the cover. Wow. Yeah, which this was a was big a Green deal. Green Arrow. T- Green Arrow, Green Lantern. And it
1: was the first sort of, um, because I literally, I got an email today, uh, because uh, somebody listened to, a guy named, um, uh, I, I've spaced his name. Anyway, he listened to the Eric Martin episode. Uh, Eric Martin is rereading all of the Spider-Mans. Mm-hmm. And, the guy that emailed me today was talking about how there was a Spider-Man arc in the early '70s that had one of Spider-Man's friends die of a drug overdose, yeah. and he thought that that was the first one. It
0: and may have been. It was pretty close. I I'm not going to remember might which have just one was first. Comparable, yeah, yeah. You know, it was New York at the time. There was a lot of stuff going on.
1: Right, right. <laughs> in The late '60s. A lot yeah. of people were doing drugs, and some people were dying. Jimi Hendrix dead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Janice. Yep. Uh So, but so Green. So he wrote Denny O'Neill. That's interesting because I only know like from. That's the Silver Age.
0: Uh That one is sort of the tail end of the Silver Age. If you really want to look at when the Silver Age began, you go back to um, the first appearance of the Silver Age Flash, which was Showcase number four in like nineteen fifty six. Okay, and so um,
1: that was the beginning of it, or that? Yeah,
0: that was the beginning of the Silver Age because the Golden Age, you know, starts in nineteen thirty eight when you introduce Superman. Okay, and then a few months later, when Marvel Comics number one shows up which was Timely, was the company that put it out at the time, not Marvel. But that had first Captain America, 1st Submariner, first Human Torch. Really? And then, you know, a few months after that, you had Detective 27, which is first Batman. Okay. So that's sort of the beginning of the Golden Age, because those were the first superhero comics. And then the Golden Age is considered to exist, and a lot of comics died off during that period. And then in the 50s, like I say, in 1956 they reintroduced new versions of the DC characters. Okay. So starting, you know, Superman and Batman has sort of continued. And then they started with a new version of the Flash, Barry Allen, as right. opposed to um, uh, Jay... Um, Oh, man, that's pretty bad. I can't remember his name right now. (laughs) I should know that. And then the new version of Green Lantern, Hal Jordan, Okay. as opposed to Alan Scott, him I remember. Okay.
1: That's because you're a big Green Lantern guy, right?
0: And Yeah. So they reintroduced new versions of these characters. And so that was what they called the Silver Age because, you know, being distinct from the Golden Age, but it was new versions of the characters. And, of course, years later, that leads to... All the characters that are the Silver Age are the Earth One quote unquote characters. Okay. And then all the Golden Age versions of the characters are, um, considered Earth 2 and you used to have Earth 1, Earth 2 crossovers and Earth-1. through Justice League and all that kind of stuff. And those
1: are parallel universes in the DC
0: universe. Yeah, that's right? the way DC, that's the way DC, when DC decided to bring back some of the old characters and have crossovers. That there were um, parallel universes Yeah, there were, they were came parallel from. universes. Okay. And it was the Flash running on his cosmic treadmill. Right. That uh, we could vibrate into the other universe and that's what started it. I think they actually started it in Flash because they wanted to Bring back the Golden Age Flash. Oh, okay. Which was Jay Garrick, by the way. I remember that Oh, There that we go. There,
1: That's it. All you gotta do yeah. is talk yourself through it.
0: Exactly. And,
1: uh, yeah, that's been a thing, cause Earth 1 and Earth 2, I thought Earth 2 was created in the 80s for some reason.
0: Are there only two Earths? Well, no. I mean- Now there's infinite Earths. Well, there's- No, not, right? there's 52.
1: Oh, there are 52 there, Earths? There, there
0: used to be, you know, lots of them, cause you had, you know, Earth 1, Earth 2, and then they had another one, which I'm not gonna remember the name of, which had the, um uh, Injustice Society on it, you know, sort of the evil versions oh, of the, the characters. <laughs> Excellent. And then they had one which was the Captain Marvel or Shazam characters. Oh, yeah. Um, and then a few others here and there which they used for bits and pieces. Okay. And then, um, uh, then you had Crisis on the Infinite Earth written by Marv Wolfman, great series. Okay. Um, where they collapsed the DC Universe to one universe. And so the golden age versions of the characters and the silver age versions of the characters existed on the same earth. Okay. Just in different time periods. This was, this was a marketing ploy, if I remember correctly, somebody. Um, I don't know if it was a marketing ploy as much as it was somebody had an idea for a great story that would allow them to to sort of merge it and tell versions of the stories with both characters. I don't know what, what way it was or the other. Maybe they decided they, didn't want to be writing all these multiple right. Earth things. Who knows? It it's
1: kind of simplifies it, right? Because if you can just yeah. have one Earth... Because yeah. in Marvel, there's the ultimate, the Ultimates, yeah. right? Which is this parallel universe of some sort, right?
0: I don't know in Marvel if they call it actually a parallel universe because... In DC, they called them parallel because they crossed over and they interacted. Okay. You know, in Marvel's the Ultimate Universe, do, you know, Never. doesn't really interact with the other one. Okay. So there, you know, there have been parallel universes in Marvel. They've they did that in Fantastic Four back in the seventies.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. So there's there are definitely. Yeah. But yeah. So uh, but I like the idea of there being one. I mean, if you're gonna have like that, I don't read any of the Ultimates titles, though. I understand that they're excellent. I, my plate is full of comic
0: books. Uh, I can't. <laughs> my ever... plate's for overflowing.
1: Yes. <laughs> and, uh, I'm backed up. As, as are you often, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, most of the time. You know, like a lot of the DC comics now, sometimes I'm fo- I run three, four months behind. I'll get on a jag, I'll read three or four months of uh, a, books or a set of books, and then I'll catch up. I don't and read as many as I'd like. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. busy.
1: Everybody's busy, and then, and, and a lot of them have these crossovers, yeah. right?
0: The, so, yeah, DC was really doing that for a while because you know, like say you had Crisis that collapsed it to one Earth, right? And then that went on for a while, and then they realized that there were characters that that caused problem with, like, how do you deal with the Legion of Superheroes, right? You know, because when they collapsed it, there was no Superboy. Superman was, you know, he was Clark Kent. Right. He grew up, went to college, went off, learned to become Superman, became right. Superman. Yep. Never a Superboy. But if you look at the Legion of Superheroes. Which more or less continued intact through crisis. There was a Superboy in Legion, huh. and so you how do you explain that? And so they had like uh, another crossover. I think that one was Zero Hour, where they transformed the Legion, and they, they had a couple of three of these where they kept cleaning up their problems okay. that they created over the years. When you know fans, you know people, people like you and me would go, "Wait a minute, that doesn't make that it doesn't any- work anymore."
1: Right. Well, what now? Where did Superboy come from?
0: Okay, in the Legion, you know, well, you know, in the original, uh, si- you know, Silver Age transitioning into the eighties or whatever. Okay, you know, Clark Kent um, actually put on a put on the costume as a as a teenager and was Superboy.
1: Oh, before he turned into Superman,
0: before he grew up and became okay. Superman, and so the Legion comes back from the uh the future and you know inducts Superboy because he was the first teenage superhero. Okay, and to the Legion of Superheroes, right? Um but then, you know, like say after crisis, there mm-hmm. was no superboy anymore. So, you know, how did the legion know about a superboy?
1: Okay. Now, now here's where we have to um there is the Justice League of America, yep. the Justice Society yes. of America and the Legion yes. of Superheroes. Please define each okay. of those for
0: Justice me. Justice Society was, you know, was the, the Golden Age.
1: Oh, oh that's yeah, the Golden that's Age. That's
0: the Golden Age. And so that was actually a Golden Age comic, Justice Society it was they started in All-Star Comics. Okay. But, you know, it was um Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, um, Green Arrow, I believe, um, Green Lantern, Flash, and then they had a version of the Red Tornado, which is actually an interesting story in and of itself.
1: But what is his superpower?
0: Well, the Red Tornado in the Silver Age was an android, okay. and he could form tornadoes and stuff. And oh. the Golden Age, it was a joke character okay. because Ma uncle, who used to take care of the house needed one time to be to appear to be a superhero so she put on wow. a sweatshirt used a towel for a cape and wore like a cleaning bucket on her head okay. and called herself the Red Tornado.
1: <laughs>
0: it's one of so, those silly things but right. so the Justice Society was golden age and then when they reinvented the silver age they couldn't okay. have a justice society anymore right. so they had the Justice League and that's Brave and the Bold 28 one of my uh Prize DC possessions. Of course, nobody can see that I'm holding this up, right? But I, I have a copy of Brave and the Bold 28. It has no cover. It's in uh, lousy condition, but it is a copy of Brave and the Bold 1928 or number 28, which I have, which is which is, from is what the era? first Justice League.
1: Oh,
0: um, I'd have to look 56? at 56. Like, yeah,
1: like in the middle 50s. Yeah. Okay. I think. It,
0: 1960, actually.
1: 1960?
0: 1960.
1: 1960. So,
0: and so you can see the characters, uh, the characters in the, uh, Justice League were the Flash, Green Lantern, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Superman, Batman, and the Martian Manhunter. And they're fighting Starro. Oh, who's Starro? Starro was a villain that could, he was a starfish, Starro, he's an alien, and he could spawn off little starfish that would, and fasten themselves awesome. over the front of your head and take over <laughs> your mind and make you his minion. Okay. And Star. so that was that was the first uh first appearance of the Justice League. Of the Justice League, yeah. okay. And so. then Legion came yep. later. Um and the Legion of Superheroes was set in the future, the far future. Time travel. Yeah. Okay. Um well they just came up with a new um a new series. They started it off in adventure comics. Right. Again, I think in the late sixties.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um I take that back. I think it was action comics. They started it in action comics, moved it to adventure, and then when they added, and then they um, brought it in and to the, merged the Superboy comic into it, so it was Superboy in the Legion of Superheroes. Okay. But it was set in the far future, and all the, uh, all the characters were teenage, more or less.
1: Oh, it was like a, oh, it was a, a teen fighting
0: Yeah, it was group. a teen team.
1: And they were all from like the 30th
0: century. 30th century, century yeah. Or something and also like all the, all different planets. Okay. So you, um it was very, um you know, he's diverse. It is very he's diverse. diverse. <laughs> I mean, you have Act 5, he's green. Oh, come you on. You know, all that kind of stuff. Sure. You know, so, racism was addressed, yeah. no doubt. A little bit. Not so much, really. Not so much? not so much. Not as much as you'd think. Later on, yeah, of course, but right. not back then.
1: So back then there was, okay, so those are the three main teams that are happening, yeah. right? And then, um Yeah, what was, was in, in that early stuff, when you first started reading it, were there social stuff before the Green Arrow? Were they really addressing not anything? Not so much. You they know, were just not, fighting not bad the, guys.
0: Yeah, not so much that I remember. I mean, Batman, as I was starting to read it, again, in 1971, that was Denny O'Neill's stuff. Mm-hmm. So that was a little darker. I mean, that was Ra's al Ghul. You know, that was oh. the, the first time that he came in as a Batman villain. And, you know, it was Dark Knight. You know, it was kind of darker. Um Great stories. Superman, on the other hand, was really light. Right. At, at the time. That was Kurt Swan writing all that stuff. And that was, you know, silly, you know, red kryptonite, green kryptonite, blue kryptonite, <sighs> white kryptonite. Uh oh. What's you know, blue
1: kryptonite?
0: I don't what remember that do which one blue do. Oh, right, right. You know Green kryptonite, of course, poisons him. Red kryptonite can take away his powers permanently. Okay. They had all of this spectrum. They had uh, one version of it, which I think may have even been white, that would like take and give powers to other people that happened to be standing nearby Superman. Right on. Which was mostly Jimmy Olsen. Right. <laughs> you know, so Jimmy Olsen went through all of these things. Did
1: Jimmy Olsen get to have Superman's powers for a while?
0: Well, he had various different powers. Okay. You know, and you know, it was it was weird stuff. Did he
1: use his powers for good? Was of Jimmy course. Olsen
0: always oh, a oh, good kid? Come on, he's Jimmy Olsen. He's a good kid, yeah. right?
1: Is Jimmy Olsen in the new movie? Did you see the new movie I haven't yet? seen
0: the new movie yet. Me neither. Going to see it this weekend probably. That's right,
1: probably with Andy Ashcraft yeah, up tomorrow maybe. night. And uh yeah, I I want to see it. Um but that Batman guy's involved, and so um, <laughs>
0: you know, I've I've heard Dark a guy. lot of mixed reviews about the, the movie. I don't. It know. looks cool. I don't know if we want to get into it too much here, no. considering neither of us have seen it yet. We but, can make
1: some sweeping statements you know, with no information. Exactly. <laughs> that you know, seems a
0: lot. I think the best thing we can do is hope it was better than the last one, which really, in my opinion, wasn't very good at all.
1: Parts of it were good, but yeah, hmm. there was some trouble. But uh I didn't. I, yeah, I my what I grew up was with the Christopher Reeve ones, right? Yep. And so, and they were. They were great.
0: The first I, two were.
1: Yeah, the, yeah the first, after
0: that they start going down. Oh, there was
1: some trouble. Yeah. Uh, was Richard Pryor in one of them?
0: Yeah, I think that was the third one. That's third sort or of fourth? when. Yeah, that's sort of when they started to go downhill. Yeah, yeah, they, it didn't make any sense. Well, they just weren't good movies. I mean, the first one you watch that first movie, and even now it holds up. Yeah. You know, especially the first you know hour or so of it with. You know, Smallville his, and then that those scenes where he saves the president on the airplane and yep. just sort of first makes his appearance, that's, that's still great. That's epic. It's, it's cheesy, but it's great.
1: Right. But that I mean that's one of the things I've always liked about about Super Superman is that he's such a he's kind of a Boy Scout, you know? Yes. I mean, he's
0: just... Oh, he's the bright blue big blue boy scout. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's his character.
1: Yeah, and so and and mm. so to make him more complex, I mean I get it. I get why you'd want to do it yeah. if you had to write him. But um I don't want you to do it. To part of me but I want to keep him I want to keep him kind of simple
0: well you know he should you know he stands for you know truth and justice and if you right. want to throw in the american way you can I don't think you if need to if you're an idealist Yeah. but you know the, it's, what the american it's, way yeah, means it's truth and justice that's you know he's he you know batman Batman's about vengeance. Batman's about revenge. Right. Um, you know, that's his character. You know, yeah. he, he is And
1: from the get go, yeah, that's from what the get go. Okay.
0: And you know, because his parents were murdered in front of him. That's why he became Batman. Right. You know, he's about revenge. He's about, you know, vengeance. Superman's about hope. Yeah. And again, that's started from his character, because I mean, you know, Joel Seeger and Jerry Schuster, they you know, they they were sort of oppressed. People. I mean, they, they were Jewish in a time where it wasn't great to be Jewish, you know, growing up. <laughs>
1: the greatest understatement ever. It wasn't great. Did you read Cavalier and Clay? No, I did not. Uh, i uh, I heard I've, it's really good. You know what I like is that uh, a- Andy gave it to me and he was like, it's got a Pulitzer, you know, it's amazing. And I was like, okay. And so I start reading it and I'm reading it. and It's very long. It's very mm-hmm. dense. It's very well written, but it's very dense. <laughs> and I'm almost done with it. I was like, what did you think of this part? And he's like, you know, I never read it. And I was like, well, I'm going to cut myself because I have been slogging through this damn thing because it's art, right? Because it's a beaut, it's like be mm-hmm. reading Cormac McCarthy's The Road. Yeah. And when you're like, it was amazing. I was like, what did you think of that third chapter? Oh, I've never uh, read it, but uh, I understand it was amazing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's like reading Dickens, you know. You, right. you got to read Dickens. Oh, I never read Dickens. I never
1: read Dickens. Yeah.
0: But you know, so they created Superman as as a character of hope. Right. You know, he was he was the the champion of the oppressed. Yeah. Um. And you know, the help people who can't help themselves. Right. You know, sort of the you know, anti-bully kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. And 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 again, and so to a certain degree, anti-establishment. Sort of like what they did in the new fifty two when they reintroduced that is you know when they reintroduced Superman, he was sort of fighting against a couple of corporate overlords oh was and, he yeah at the in the very beginning of the new fifty two okay so um
1: what was what so the like the first arc right
0: yeah. is that what it was yeah well the first arc it was the first arc, I believe in action where when the new fifty two started. They had, it was theoretically about five years after superheroes started showing up. Okay. And so in some books were starting to tell the stories then. Some books were starting to tell the stories from like five years before to establish what was different about the characters. Okay. And they did, one of the Supermans was current, and I think that was Superman. And one of them was set starting from sort of the beginning, and that was action.
1: Okay. So you know, what, Superman. Did they do an origin Superman, story again?
0: Uh, well, it was the same origin. It always okay. was. Yep. Um, I think his father died in that one. Sort, uh, but you know, he was wearing jeans and a pair of work boots and right. sort of a t-shirt and being Superman um, before no before anybody knew who Superman was. And, oh, okay. And he was sort of righting wrongs, and some of the wrongs were done. It very topical. Sure. Was um, you know corporations. Uh, Corporations were oppressing people and he was helping the like people who were oppressed and, and whatever. And, okay. Um, you know, people who were just poor, people who weren't getting a fair shake.
1: Oh, okay. Oh, all right. So Oh I get it. All right. Yeah, the whole the when when they did it, the the whole new fifty two thing, they were just that their idea was that they were gonna take All of the big, the big stories and just reboot them, right? Yeah.
0: Well, it was most, it was theoretically, it was the whole universe was being rebooted. And there, when you talk about crisis being a marketing, I think this one really was. Okay. Is, you know, sales were going down and they were looking to do something different. And so, you know, one of the things that comic book companies think is like, well, when sales go down and we need to do something different, we'll just reboot the character and a whole bunch of people will start reading the comics because they're new characters. And it hardly ever works. (laughs) Um, But they rebooted the DC Universe. And the stuff that wasn't doing particularly well... Like Superman at the time restarted, mm-hmm. and some of the stuff that was doing really, really well, like Green Lantern, mm-hmm. just continued like there was barely a hiccup.
1: Oh, okay, because they were like, well, don't break it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. and cause, so
1: because Green Lantern has always done
0: well. Oh it's- no, Green Lantern's been up and down. It's just the last few years, you know. I guess about eight, and yeah. one of the reasons that's Jeff Johns, um, who just recently stopped writing Green Lantern, Green Lantern number twenty. Okay, was his uh, the latest version of Green Lantern number twenty? Was his latest one? He had been writing Green Lantern for about nine years.
1: Is that long?
0: That's a long time Directly? to write a one to write one character one book. I mean, he'd been writing other books, writes right. a lot of them, but he'd been writing that one character in sort of almost a nine-year story arc.
1: Is it Jeff with a G?
0: Yes. Okay, I've seen his name. Yeah. Okay. And you know he created the spectrum of rings. You know the black ring, the oh, well, right, yellow, 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 and the sapphire rings all had always existed. But red, orange, blue, indigo, black, white. He wrote all of that.
1: Okay, so Green Lantern is um, the, it, it's essentially a space cop, right?
0: Yeah, more or less.
1: And um, the the lantern itself, the ring itself, creates things that you create out of.
0: Your will, yeah, with of- will drives it. Okay, so theoretically, you know, will, according to the comics, you know, yeah. will is the power behind, you know, green. So
1: if you can dream, so it, if it you can, happen. if you
0: can, if you can think about it and will it to happen, mm-hmm. pretty much it will happen. Okay, and you know, so you have to recharge your, you have to recharge your ring at the power at your personal power battery, and then there's the giant power battery on Oa, which is where the, the Green Lantern Corps is based. Okay. And, uh, so you, you're given, you're given a, a like a lantern-y looking yeah. thing that you put your ring into? Oh, you touch it, you know, towards you, the front. Sort of like, just like in the Green Lantern movie, he puts it to the front and it charges up and it it says charges the oath.
1: It up. Okay. Oh, and then he just, he just, he sort of reboots his oath. Yeah. And says, I'm in. Yeah. We'll, we'll do it again. And then does, he, how often does he have to reach, what's the battery life of well, a, 24 hours. Oh, is it? Oh, he has to do it once a day.
0: Yeah, once a day.
1: Okay. Alright, so sort of a cleric yeah. with, the, with the sun, you gotta say your yeah. prayers. Yeah, I don't know
0: exactly how they explained it when, you know, what you've if, got aliens from other planets that go, that spin around in more or less than 24 hours. Right, but right, what whatever. Kind of, we'll, what's a day. We'll, we'll just sort of fuzz that one out and not That's pay attention fine. I'll, to that.
1: <laughs> I'll, t- I'll take that. That's fine by me. And then, uh, so they always had a sapphire ring though, do you know? Yeah,
0: well, they, they, later on they introduced star sapphires, which were villains at the time. Mm-hmm. And his, uh, girlfriend, Carol, uh, Ferris, Okay. Um, became one of the star sapphires. So they fought. And then, of course, Sinestro uh, was uh, the well, yellow.
1: Okay. You know,
0: like, so how, he, do, how do you bring in a guy named Sinestro and think he's not going to go bad?
1: Right. You don't name your kid Sinestro, yeah. if you're going to name. And so Sinestro had a yellow ring? Yeah, he
0: had yellow rings.
1: And the what does the yellow ring do? Fear. Oh, it creates, an, yeah. or you can generate fear yeah. of some sort? And then what does the sapphire one do?
0: Sapphire, well, it, at the time, it, they were just bad guys. Now, later okay. on, when Jeff started to do it, um, Jeff John started to do it. Sapphire was love. Oh, okay. Both the positive and negative aspects.
1: Uh, sort of obsession. Yes. Okay. And then now, and and then you said that there's a. I know yeah. that there,
0: there was red, which is rage. Okay. Orange, which is uh, avarice okay. or greed. Mm-hmm. Then there was blue, which is hope. Okay. Then there was the indigo, which were kind of weird. Yeah. They, they did a lot of different things. Black was was death. Okay. And then white was life.
1: Okay. So, So, could you resurrect people with the white?
0: Uh, no. Um, well, maybe. Okay. The the black people would bring people back from death, but they were sort of like you know evil zombie versions of themselves. Necromancy kind of stuff. Okay. So you had blackest night, which was the rise of the death. Okay. And then you had brightest day, which is when one of the other Earth Green Lanterns, Kyle Rayner, became Mm -hmm. a White Lantern and um, sort of helped defeat.
1: Oh, okay. The Black Lanterns. Oh, he was the hero for the uh, yeah. against the Black Lanterns. Okay, yeah. and so and Jeff Johns wrote both all of that arc.
0: Yeah, it, well, there, there was other books that were are going around that other guys were writing. Um, Green Lantern Corps, uh, Red Lanterns, um, Guardian, uh, New Guardians. There were several of them, but uh, Jeff was sort of one of the driving forces behind it. It's been right. it's been a great story arc. Oh, that's um, just a fantastic story arc.
1: It sounds cool. I mean, it sounds like like especially if you can. If, if you don't just make those things and not use them, yeah. right? I mean, to actually use them and create mm-hmm. those crossovers on those yeah. giant battles.
0: Well, and try to get behind what would make somebody put on a red lantern or a, a red ring or a yellow yeah. ring. You know, he tried, he tried to do a lot of that stuff. It was really cool.
1: Okay. You well, know, oh, that's neat.
0: They actually had a, um, uh, you know, about a month and a half ago now, uh, down in Hollywood, the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund. Right. Had a thing where you could make a donation to the fund. And they had a little celebration of uh, Green Lantern number 20, Jeff Johns' last Green Lantern.
1: Oh, okay. So, now, Comic Book Legal Defense Fund, people should know, yes. is the ACLU for comic books,
0: Uh right? Sort of, yeah. Okay. Um, comic Book Legal Defense Fund, you can find them on the web, clbdf.org. I right. um, like it. Yeah. They are sort of a First Amendment rights group. Um, they've been around for 20-some years now. Um
1: it's because people are suing the Yeah,
0: it's you know people stores or the... well, it's stores or creators or sometimes even um, even uh people who buy comics, you know, like they've had a big case recently where a guy was going into Canada with a whole bunch of Japanese manga okay. in there and they arrested him for child pornography
1: and it was just manga.
0: Yeah, it was just yeah. manga. Cuz
1: and and manga you know, it was can a, be it was anything.
0: Little, yeah, it was a little bit on the racy end of manga, no well, doubt. Cause, well, cuz ma-
1: cuz manga can be porny, yeah. but it can also be super violent yeah. because the Japanese do the whole gamut, yeah.
0: right? And they understand that comic books aren't necessarily for kids. Right. And I think that's where a lot of the a the lot disconnect. of the stuff comes from is uh, you know, there are people out there who want to think well, comic books are just for kids and always have been. And then in some cases it's some, you know, local district attorney or sheriff or something that wants to make a name for himself. And right. The local comic book store is an easy place to, to pick on it to fight against people right, who are selling stuff to our kids.
1: Right. right. And yeah. they don't sue DC or Marvel. Yeah. They sue like some individual yeah. or some small business and owner.
0: And so the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund was formed by a number of people who were in the big companies, Dennis Kitchen being one of the biggest ones. Um, who did he work for? Uh, I think it was, uh, uh, Fantagraphics, or Last Gra- Gas Comics. It was a okay. publisher. Okay. He was a publisher. And um they formed the com- you you find it all online. Right. They, I'll, I'll- yeah, they can find um you know, they founded the fund to help out people like this and you know, mostly, you know, most of the times so all they they keep a first amendment rights lawyer on retainer. Right. And it, when somebody would contact the fund, they would um you know, just send them, out. Just send them a letter. Well, yeah. not even send them out, just have them write, you know, a letter, you know, if you're uh you know, I grew up in North Carolina. If you're, you know, a local small North Carolina town, and yeah. you get a cease and desist from a gigantic long for, lo, law firm in New York City, well, right. maybe this isn't the best way to make a name for myself. I'll go do something else.
1: Right, right. Um, so it was, but, it was a little preventative, but too.
0: It's a worthwhile thing, and um you know, mostly it's driven by donations from. Companies, creators, and fans. Right. And you can join for, I think, as little as like about 20 bucks. And, right. And they put it towards, uh, helping out, uh, people. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah, I think, I think it's, people. I think, yeah, I think there's like a $20 level, yeah. $50 level. Yeah, like it
0: goes up. I'm yeah, up and up and up and They'll up. They'll take and up. whatever
1: you got. It yeah. turns out. It
0: turns out. And uh, you know, it turns out if you're like you know Neil Gaiman and you're willing to cut them some gigantic check, they're they're probably more than happy to take they, it.
1: They will, and and they're also interested in you signing some stuff and they can mm. auction it off. So
0: I bought a few things that way. Yeah, I <laughs> bought a few things for my friends.
1: <laughs> it's it is. Um, I like it because it's it's such a. Because it, it, let's talk about that. The fact that that the comic books. It doesn't seem like comic books were ever made for children until that 50s, like that Silver Age business. Yeah,
0: the, the comic books when they first created were mostly for children. It was mostly children buying them. Okay. And then what really changed is, you know, especially, you know, was World War II and then again in Vietnam. And these were sort of two transformative periods because one of the things that soldiers could do to maintain some connection with home is they could get a Superman comic or a Batman comic, or in um, Vietnam they could get some of the Marvel comics, which were really relevant at the time, right? and it gave them some connection to home. And so here you had guys that were in their 20s. Yeah. And so they come back. They want to continue reading a comic book, right? as it turns out. And so... And, you know, they're more interested in something that's a, a more interesting story than perhaps when you're seven. Right. You know, you're seven, <laughs> Superman punches the guy through the building. And you're when? Like six. You know, yes. when you're 27, you want to know why he punched the guy through the building, as it turns <laughs> out. Um, and yes. so, you know, so they wanted more complex stories. And so I think that drove the change.
1: Right, and I think, and there are still plenty of comics for, I mean, for kids. You I know, think. it's
0: not as much as it used to be, right? Because um, a lot of comics, you know, most of your mainstream comics have themes that you know they're probably okay for a teenager, but, but you, may for your, kids. you may not want your you may not want your seven or eight year old kid reading them. I right. don't know, but
1: my brothers uh, used to read a lot of Archies and
0: yeah, was, Archie's still around.
1: Archie and Richie Rich yeah. and and you know,
0: Archie's still around. DC has a whole line of. Kids comics, which are okay. like a lot of the TV shows, you know, they're they're made for a younger audience, but they don't exist within the DC Uni- universe right. as a whole.
1: So there's sort um, of kids version of Superman, yeah. and Batman, yeah. and stuff like that.
0: And some of them are pretty good. Yeah, I've read a, k- a couple issues here and there, but. um yeah,
1: because they're—I they, mean—they're not bad. They're just yeah. a lot younger. That's all, yeah. and they're done it on purpose. So, yeah. so when when you go to look at comic books, be aware of that. Yeah, and know that they're not all for kids. Yeah. and, and then, they're not and supposed they to be. And they haven't been for forever. Right. You
0: know, they haven't been since the '60s. Okay. Again. Yeah, yeah. And you know, when they started doing better storylines, right? You know. Yeah, it's. <laughs> and and then you know and then they're you know so the and then there's the mainstream you know superhero comics and yeah you know that's they're, they're you know maybe not suitable for 7 but for your teenagers and then it goes up right? you know then you get you know real serious stuff like the one you were talking about where they're they're doing serious social commentary.
1: Oh right. Like so what what are the what are the great titles right now that are out right now?
0: Well um in DC for me um, Green Lantern has been great. I haven't read the transition after that. Jeff Johns. After Jeff Johns and the other creative guys left, so I don't know. I don't know about that one. Um, but the Green Lantern books, I, we'll see how the transition does. I mean, yeah. it, it could be fine. I'm mm-hmm. um, not prejudging just because the, the guys left. Um, I've been really enjoying, um, a lot of the Batman comics. Okay. Um, those were really interesting. I tried
1: Batman Incorporated. Yeah? Is he
0: still incorporated? Well, um, there's still a Batman Incorporated comic in, yeah. Um Grant Morrison's stuff, he's a great writer. Yeah. He is one of the, the smartest guys I've ever uh I actually got to meet him once when some friends <laughs> well, one of my friends uh got a connection or something and said, Oh, well, I can give him a tour of JPL. Turns out most people like a tour of JPL. Yeah, yeah. And so I got invited along. Yep. And he is he is incredibly smart. But I think sometimes he forgets that We don't understand everything that's going on in his head. So his, Ah. his, what translates to the paper can be a little dense and hard to penetrate.
1: Okay. And so,
0: you know, sometimes it's fantastic and sometimes you sit there and you go, I've read this three times and it still doesn't make sense. (laughs) Right. Um, but, you know, so that was Batman Incorporated. But the Batman comics overall I think have been pretty good. Some of the ancillary comics, which unfortunately DC has been canceling, have been actually pretty decent.
1: What what have they canceled? Um, recently? Dial
0: H. They're oh. they canceling that one. Are they dial? Yep.
1: No, no, no. First of all, I read the first Dial H. Probably ten years ago. Yeah. That uh, oh, that, it was
0: long, longer Well, there was a Dial H. Ten years ago, but right. then there's one that goes all the way back to the seventies. Right. I
1: had been I had heard about the previous Dial yep. H. But I had never read that yep. one. And uh, it's it's a dial where if you dial the word hero, you yep. turn into a hero. Yes. And the hero always changes. Yeah. And it's usually a very um. It's a, it's an opportunity for a serious dick joke. Uh, it's an opportunity for like some crazy <laughs> sex joke or some silly cross-dressing moment. I mean, there's always an opportunity to turn you into a bird or a tiny dove. Yeah. That's also a bird, Jackie. Anyway, mm-hmm. but what, I mean, the thing, it's like, it, it it was very jokey. Yes. And uh but it was also super. But it was it was a
0: way for it was a way for them to play around with a completely new character that they could have around for maybe one or two issues and throw away. Right. And then come up with a new one. You know, right. so as a writer I guess it must have been interesting. As yeah. an artist, you were probably going, You want me to draw what?
1: Right. What is this guy's power? Yeah. And it's sometimes it's lame yeah. and they're just like, Well, this mm-hmm. guy has memorized everybody's social security number. That is not actually very mm-hmm. helpful. Uh but uh well, it could be. It could no, be used for that
0: leads you. That leads into another topic, which was: is the Legion of Superheroes right? You had the Legion of Substitute Heroes, which were the ones that couldn't quite make the A team because their powers weren't good enough. Is
1: it like Great Lakes Avengers? In
0: something like that. Okay, s- so Substitute you had Heroes? yeah, you had like Color Boy, who all he could do <laughs> was spray colors out of his fingers, and you had Night Girl, who was super strong as long as it was dark. Um, and <laughs> Did you, you see had in the you, dark, yes, okay. and then you had Stone Boy. Who could turn himself into stone and Uh-oh. not move? Right. Um. And Polar Boy, which he could have been on the main team, okay. but he could shoot cold out of his hands. Okay. And so you had the he Legion was just of Slumming. Yeah. You had the Legion of Substitute Heroes. Who, yes. You know, like didn't quite make the cut. Right. Um. That's so they, 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 that There they was made always those guys. yeah, and there was always a chance to tell some silly stories around them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And well, and and
0: but they so, were they were kind of fun because you go. Oh, they couldn't make the team, and you identify with that, because, hey, I couldn't make the Legion of Superheroes either. I don't have a good power. <laughs> but, you know, I, maybe I could make that team and make a difference, so you identify with characters like that. It's funny. Is there a DC version of the Pet
1: Avengers?
0: Um well, there was, again, in Legion of Superheroes. Okay. They had the Legion of Super pets. Oh, did they? Because there was Crypto, the Superdog. Right. There was Streaky, the Supercat, who was, uh, Supergirl's pet. <laughs> cuz <laughs> girls like cats um of course and then there was um the uh the super horse okay. also super girls and super- then you had beppo the super monkey you had Prody, who was this sort of little shape changing thing that was Chameleon Boy's pet. Okay. And I may be forgetting one. Right, right. And so you had little that's silly it. Legion of Super Pets stories Legion here and there. Super
1: Pets. Those, see, that's, I, th- some of that stuff is just fun for them and then, you know, fun mm. for me. So, well, that's cool. Well, because I did like Animal Man.
0: Mm-hmm. Did you read that one? Um, I read a lot, I read one of the original versions of Animal Man. Interestingly enough, Grant Morrison. Um, and it was kind from of way tough, back. Yeah. You know, well, from the um,
1: not from, from, the, 52, from the late 90s. Oh, late 90s. Um,
0: and uh, I haven't read the new one. I read the first couple issues of it. I read the you know, yeah, me being me. I read the first couple issues of all the 52 books. Wow. Um. But there were some of them I really didn 't like because know, yeah, i didn 't like this version of the character i didn 't like what they were doing there. Or it right. just wasn 't interesting, and Unfortunately, Animal Man was one of those for me, yeah it just you know, sort some of people love it. it yeah it wasn 't for me
1: yeah i uh, there, there were parts of it that I thought were great, and we continue to read it, but it got it slowed down sometimes yeah. when you read the issue to issue comic books, I found you 're like. Well, I can't even remember what happened last yeah. time and nothing happened this you time. You
0: know, it's one of the cases where my procrastination comes into play. Yes. As in a positive way is, you know, it's like, okay, I haven't read this book for six months. I got six issues there. I'll pick up and read six issues at one time.
1: Oh, right. Cause... And,
0: you know, so sometimes that that's something that I started doing a number of years ago, especially with limited series. You know, something that was only going to last four or six months, assuming it came out on time. Right. And so I just let them all pile up and read them at once.
1: Have you ever done, um, the graphic novels instead of, have you ever thought about that nah, instead of
0: doing a pull list? Nah, nah. you know, it's, it's me. I it's love, more I, fun. you know, I, I, yeah, I love to have an individual comic in my hand. Okay. You know, that's why I'm willing to go, you know, buy a copy of, uh, you know, <laughs> Rave in the Bowl 28 with no cover so I can have. You <laughs> and know. you
1: can look at it and go, that's what that is. Did mm-hmm. you read it? Yeah. Is it pretty good? Eh,
0: it's a it's a it's a story that's suitable for you know 1960. It's kind of you know it's simplistic. DC it's DC in the 60s. They okay. were kind of simplistic, but they were fun.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's know, a-
0: I I'd read the story, of course, in reprint version. You know, they DC used to have these books that um you know like World's Finest would have uh, an original story. And then, you know, four or five reprint stories in there. And so I'd read some of those. And, okay. you know, I'd read, you know, the various things where they collect the origin stories of comics. So oh, I right. read the story a few times.
1: Oh, fair enough. And now um, the only other thing that I got turned on to recently was the the reboot of Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. the 52 boot. Um, yeah. So I've read the first graphic novel of that. Okay. I found it on sale.
0: Yeah. Th- that started out really well. Again, that's one of the books I'm several months behind on. Okay. So i can 't uh, talk about what 's going on this month, but it was a really interesting sort of reboot of that they they've rebooted that character a bunch of times over the years and Cause tried they to, want her to be cool yeah and made her made her more heroic you know uh based it, you know dug into the fact that she was Greek mythology and introduced more Greek mythology into the character okay um and they've done that over the years again that uh, I think that actually started um in the eighties again i think marv Marv Wolfman and uh I think maybe even George Perez was doing the art back then. Okay, um, that really sort of dug into that character more than it had been in a long time.
1: Yeah, so so so, so there are previous incarnations of the Wonder Woman story that really nailed yeah. it.
0: Well, yeah, I think there's some that were really good. Okay, you, you know, Wonder Woman goes all the way back again into the uh, the 30s. Oh, right. um, I forget exactly when sensation number one, that's the first Wonder Woman. Okay. Uh, that may have been like 41 or 42. Because she's a lady sensation. Yeah. A few and years after um, the, Superman. Uh, the Superman and Batman. But mm-hmm. yeah, Wonder Woman goes all the way back to the Golden Age.
1: Okay. Now, all of course,
0: right. they always didn't do well by the character, like... In the Justice Society, of course, being the only woman, she was the secretary for the Justice Society. Holy
1: shit. Yeah, no she kidding. She was not. Oh, she wow. Was.
0: She took minutes. Wow. It, she took minutes of the meetings, meetings and all that kind of stuff. Did she despite bring coffee? Be, despite being probably the second most powerful character in the group behind Superman.
1: Now, what so, makes her so powerful? What is, what
0: are her, po- I mean, she's got that lasso of truth. But, but well, she is- she was granted powers by the Greek gods. Okay. You know, strength of Hercules, you know, blah, blah, blah. Oh.
1: Oh, okay. And so, so, what's with the plane? What's uh, with the airplane that's invisible?
0: Oh, don't ask me to. Is, is that I can't new-ish? explain that one. Well, no, no, that was. Um, or was that? I, I think again, that was like you know fifties or sixties or okay.
1: something. Yeah. You know,
0: because at it, it various times she could fly, and sometimes she couldn't fly as well as Superman. So, and I don't know if I actually don't know if they introduced that just for the TV show, or if it existed before. How then. weird
1: was that in that TV show when yeah. she would be sitting in something, and you're like, mm, see? Then they could still see her. Yeah. And who, I mean, if you could fly, who would fly reclined? Yes. I mean, it's sort of like those recumbent bikes. Mm -hmm. I'm like, why are you biking while you're also (laughs) sitting back and uh, getting somewhere, I suppose? Yeah. (laughs) I don't mean to boss anybody's recumbent bike love, but... uh, So, okay, so, so your favorite characters currently are Green Lantern.
0: Um Green Lantern has been a great character. Um Batman's always there's only been a few times in, you know, since I've been reading comics where I couldn't really read Batman. Always oh. loved Batman.
1: Now what now what see because with me with Batman, I'm scared of Batman. That's well, that's been always
0: Batman is scary. Batman's supposed to be scary, right? But that's okay. I mean, he's he's the he's uh, got it under control. Well, it varies more or less. (laughs) But he's the kind of character you know you can express your dark side through Batman. Okay, you know, Batman. You know, Batman goes out and he beats up the bad guy. Right, guys kicking you around on the playground. It's like, man, I'd love to go Batman on his butt. Right, you know. So that that, that's sort of where I think that's sort of where that fantasy. Sure, that's what
1: draws you to Batman.
0: And and you know he's he's. A human, you know, he—he's a guy who trained all this stuff, learned oh, right, all this right. stuff, makes his make, you know, right, like, Jack, and he is. like Jack Nicholson from the uh, one of the early, the early Batman movies. Where does he get those wonderful toys? Oh, right, You right. know, he has, you know, great toys. Yep. You know, so it's hard not to like Batman.
1: Right. So, okay, so I do like Batman, but it's just because you feel like sometimes he's on a thread. Yeah. Where you're like, is Batman going to turn into a... And all of his villains are crazy. Yeah. I mean, not even... Yeah. I mean, it's not like Marvel. Let's talk about the villains of DC briefly. No. And what are... What what draws you... Because sometimes it's the villains that can send me... Like, we're reading Batwoman right now. Yeah. And her sister is a nutbag. Is nuts. She is... Creepily, eerily, spookily,
0: not okay. Well, she's a Batman. You know, she's something associated with Batman, so of course she has to be crazy. But you know, there's great villains in the DC universe. I mean, in Batman, you had Ra's al Ghul. Now here was a guy who you know he he could re re he could become reborn when he died, but he was as smart as Batman. You know, that's like you know having Sherlock Holmes and Moriarty. You know, it's like you can, you know, it's easy to beat guys who are dumber than you are. Right. But to beat a guy who's as smart as you are, you got to work at that. (laughs) So that was one of the reasons he was such an interesting villain.
1: Right. Because he was
0: as smart as Batman.
1: But he, he can, uh, he cannot be killed. Is that what the, well, he can be
0: killed. And then they have this thing called a Lazarus pit where they drop his body into it and, He's reborn out of it, and it Can only works for him. Can anyone be dropped
1: in the Lazarus pit? Uh, it depends Maybe. on when
0: you're reading the comics. Fair enough, fair enough. You know, All right. It's so changed over time.
1: Who doesn't want to drop Bruce Wayne in and yeah. bring him back? I think yeah.
0: they may have even done that once. <laughs> right. But um, they've done a lot of things. But, um, you know, so Rachel Ghoul And then um, they had, you know because uh, i didn't when, mind when Jack, him because
1: he seemed human he yeah. seemed like he he like he wanted to fix the reason he wanted to torch gotham in the movie in the movie uh the reason he wanted to get rid of gotham was because that's what that's what his yeah. order does they get yeah. rid of things that are unfixable
0: yeah and in the comics you know he wanted to sort of you know recreate the decadent earth and recreate a simpler time quote okay. unquote um yeah, yeah. Know, that never that trick never works. That trick never you know, works. It, ter- it turns out it turns out if you're, you know, just a normal guy working a job, that doesn't work so well for you as right. it turns out. Right. So, you know, that's why he's a villain. Yes. But you at least understood where he was coming from. Yes. And then, you know, other great villains, of course, you know, Lex Luthor has been reinvented all over the place, but right. again in the 80s, I think that was one of the brilliant things DC did when they rebooted Superman in the 80s is they made Lex Luthor instead of uh, a, a genius who made machines that would try to go crush Superman and was kind of you know comical wearing like a purple suit right um, <laughs> they turned him into a corporate villain. Ah. You know, and again, in the 80s, and, and today, frankly, depending on how you look at things, right. a corporate villain, you know, that's a real bad guy.
1: That's a genuinely bad guy. Yeah, that's, a, you, that's a guy you, you not you know, using guy his powers who, for a, good.
0: Yeah, a guy who doesn't care anything about anybody underneath him, mm-hmm. um, you who's know, willing to trash anybody to get what he wants. Right. Well, you know, that's a villain. Yes. And so when they made Lex Luthor that, I thought it was far more interesting because, you know, he's a villain, but he's legit. How do you stop a guy that has a legitimate place in society? Right, and you have you know Superman, who's the super powered vigilante, and and the normal human who is the um He's, has a legitimate place in society. That makes for an interesting, but isn't, that has great power. You know, monetary power, um, political influence, power. That makes right. it an interesting story. So that was one of the best things that the DC did when they rebooted back in the eighties after Crisis.
1: Okay. Because those two are great mm-hmm. those those two I mean now that you speak of those two villains, those are great villains, yeah. it's the joker and the scarecrow yeah. that yeah. creep well, me and out. and the
0: joker's a great villain, and the joker should creep you out he 's supposed to be creepy he's right. the you know he's the he's the thing that keeps you awake in the middle of the night, scared right you know that's the kind of villain the joker is,
1: right, but those because the thing is is whenever I think of d c villains, I always think of the insane ones i don 't think of Lex Luthor and mm-hmm. i don 't think of. Ra, what's his name?
0: Uh, Raoul Gul. Raoul Gul. Well, now we know what you're afraid of.
1: Now I know. <laughs> I'm yeah. afraid of the insane. <laughs> yeah, you're
0: afraid of the insane ones.
1: <laughs> right. Those ones are. <laughs> that's Creep Factor 12. I don't yeah. need that. That's off the Richter scale. Yeah. So, um, okay. So.
0: And then one of the other great villains is um, one of the big deals in uh, the 70s was when Jack Kirby, who had created half of Marvel Comics, right, um, left Marvel and went to DC and started writing uh what was called the fourth world which was the new god saga um and you had villain that. yeah you had apocalypse which was the the bad world in new genesis and dark side was the ultimate ruler of apocalypse okay and he shown up as a superman villain from time he shown up battling the whole justice league um, he was one of the big villains in the circle that was the um he's an alien DC- villain uh yeah he's more or less an alien it's, His name's it's kind apocalypse of, or no yeah, his name's Dark side, Dark side, yeah, and apocalypse was the planet he ruled oh i got you know I, I gotta post a picture of that guy yeah uh what does he look like um dark side you know he's kind he of, a he, he's a big guy kind of rocky okay um very severe, I mean you know a lot of the bad guys were they yeah. weren't supposed to be you know they they weren't supposed to be pretty, they were bad guys <laughs> right right um but he's shown up in a lot of the uh, the Superman animated series, and then the the Justice League animated series. He was one of the recurring villains there.
1: There's there's those animated series that have come out recently. There was the Batman one that came out in the 90s, I think, yeah. right? That well, was... that was
0: one of the first ones. the 80s, actually. Because it... I remember watching it in college.
1: Oh, Okay, yeah, yeah. So it was, but it was the first one that was was it real? Square Jawed and, yeah. and Mark yeah, yeah. Hamill was the Joker.
0: Mark Hamill was the Joker. He okay. continued being the Joker for years.
1: That's steady work if you can, right? It's good so, work. And but that was the sort of, it was darker, but it yep. was a kids' TV show.
0: Yep. And um and how did they handle it? Because I've never seen it. Well, it's it's you know, oh, you should watch those. Yeah. Um, I've got some of them. I'll loan them to you. They're okay. great. Oh, cool. Um, but um, they uh. You know, they they had it darker in tone, meaning color tone. Okay. But the stories themselves were 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 frequently were straightforward. Were, were frequently not as bad. I mean, the Joker was insane, mm-hmm. but he wasn't like you know DC New Fifty Two comics insane,
1: where he's torturing people and, yeah. and he's he you know, would always where, threaten where, where to where torture he, people. Where he
0: comes back by showing up in the middle of police headquarters, cutting the lights on and off, and killing fifteen or twenty cops. Right. Insane. Right. Um.
1: In the animated, but, he did not yeah, do that. No, so okay. the
0: animated people, they they didn't kill people, but you know they um, because but it, he always so it threatened was, to kill yeah, people. It was sort of darker and kind of, you know, it was before steampunk was a thing. Okay. but it kind of looked sort of steampunky because you had dirigibles flying around Gotham City and excellent, you know, all these gothic and neo gothic, you know, architecture mm-hmm. and stuff. But so they 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 were um they they were dark in tone, you know, in color tone. But sort of lighter in story tone.
1: Okay, so still okay yeah. for kids. to And some one
0: extent. of one of the characters that um, one of the interesting things about that is they introduced a character in there who became a part of the DC Comics universe, which was the Joker's girlfriend slash sidekick, Harley Quinn. Showed up in the animated TV show first.
1: That she was first in that animated yep. TV because I've seen not her... the first
0: time they've done that with Batman, by the way. Oh, really? Batgirl. Was show, was uh, created for the TV show in the sixties. Oh, and then all right. introduced in the comics. My other bit of show and tell for you that yes. nobody else can see, which is <laughs> but, uh, I will Detective Number Three Fifty Nine, first appearance of Batgirl oh. in DC Comics, but she had been, of course, in the TV show for a while. And what year is this? Do you know? Oh, uh, I don't remember off the top of my head. Again. You know, it's a few, it was a couple, it was only a couple of years after the TV show, so late like sixties. Right.
1: Okay, okay, and it's uh, it's a cool looking comic.
0: Yeah. Have you, Is it? Are there two of them? Uh, I just—that's the way I put them in bags.
1: Oh right, right. no, no, I know. That's how Andy yeah. puts them in bags, back to back, no boards, no boards, no boards. It it uh, it it doubles your storage space uh-huh. and it keeps them nice and, and stiff. And when you and...
0: when you've got as many comics as I have, that's a uh, how many comics you got? Uh, <sighs> best guess is somewhere between twenty. 20 Twenty eight and twenty nine thousand.
1: Did, didn't you like start scanning them? And no, and...
0: I don't scan them. I I have a database program that I use to keep track of stuff.
1: And is it complete, to your knowledge?
0: The database program yeah. largely so. Okay, it's called Comic Base for anybody that's interested. It's not cheap, but um, they have a lot of information in there, so it's a pretty good program.
1: Okay, yeah, it's a. But yeah,
0: I have a lot of comics.
1: Yes, yes, (laughs) we have a lot of comics. I said to Andy the other day, we were at the comic book store, and I said, "We need to file comics." And he said, "What do you want to do? File comics or our taxes?" And I was like, "Ah, we should file our taxes." Mm. So
0: when that's a tough choice, you probably have a few too many comics that you haven't filed.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's uh, what 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 I my my job in the filing of of comic books is I alphabetize them and I bag them Mm. and uh and then i stack them and then when it's time to bo- to go to the boxes go to the long boxes right and start filing them uh he has a list of what's in each box and then he can just come and say i need these items or these items and then i can just start handing
0: him he's got you snookered cuz he's got you doing 75% of the work
1: i think well it's that's what i feel like <laughs> <laughs> which is why i'm like well let's do this then let's cuz we have tippy you know there's Stacks and stacks of comic books that need to be put in.
0: Yeah. That's one of the things I reasons I use the, the the database program is you can put custom fields in there and tell which box a comic is in. Okay. You know. Doesn't yeah, always yeah. stay because if I was like, man, I want to read that or Man, I'm going to Comic-Con, and I won't get so-and-so to sign an issue with something, and I go right. dig it out of the, the box it's in. It takes a while, or maybe even never, make it back into that box. <laughs> but that's what, the way it goes.
1: So let's talk about Comic-Con, because you've been
0: going since you I moved started, here, right? I started going to Comic-Con in 96. Mm-hmm. Um, uh Great. Loved it. Um, what year and, did
1: Comic-Con start? Do you remember? Oh,
0: it, Comic-Con started back in the seventies. Okay. You know, it was a tiny little thing. It was like, you know, 15 guys who, uh, f- 15 guys, uh, and Jack Kirby. Right. Um, Cause three or four of them knew Jack Kirby and got him to come down. Right. Um, in San Diego, you know, Mark Evanier, Scott Shaw, I forget who the real gut powers were behind it, but they've been there since the beginning. Okay. Um, And, uh, it was a couple of comic book groups in one in San Diego and one in LA and they sort of, you know, started putting on this con. Right. But, you know, to me in the last few years it's grown to, you know, uh, and again this may be because I'm 46, but, you know, (laughs) I don't enjoy it anymore because it's gotten so hard to do anything. Right. So I find some of the smaller cons to go to. I've been to WonderCon in Anaheim last couple of years. That's been great.
1: And what do you what do you want to do at a
0: at a con? You know, when I in a, in a con, I'm you know I'm going to a con to do two or three things. You know, yeah. I'm going to wander around the dealers' room and especially an artist alley and see what people are selling. It's like, ooh, I'd love to have that, right? You know, kind of thing. And, and maybe a see- print, maybe a print that somebody's made, or it may be a comic book, maybe a toy. Yeah, you know, yeah. And you know, I I really like going to a lot of the panels. Um, you know, one of the reasons I know as much as I do about the comics, I mean, I've read comics, I've read stuff about comics, but um, especially in the late 90s, um, they were having, you know, Golden Age panels and Silver Age panels where oh. they had some of these creators, many of whom are unfortunately no away. longer with us. Right. Yeah. Um, but they had them talking about what it was like to make comics in the 40s and the oh, 30s. Wow. And you know you learn a lot of really interesting stories. Yeah, with those things. Just so, to sit in on those yeah. stories
1: is amazing.
0: Yeah. So who'd you, you get know,
1: to? Who'd you get to? Did you get to see that Denny guy?
0: Oh, well, Denny O'Neill's, but Denny O'Neill's still around. He was oh. a publisher for DC. I actually met him at one of my first comic book conventions, which was Heroes Con in Charlotte, when I was still in North Carolina. Right. And. Uh, um, but, you know, met uh, Harry Lampert, the creator of the Flash, the Golden Age Flash. Wow. Martin O'Dell, who created um, uh the Green Lantern. Um, I've got, I, I've oh, met him. Oh, that's cool. You know, about, about one of eight guys who used to be Bob Kane. You know, one of the interesting <laughs> things about Batman is it's like Batman created by Bob Kane. And it's arguable, it, it is arguable as to how much he ever did on Batman, you know oh, really? They, they you know, it's said that he wrote the first appearance of Batman at Detective Twenty Seven okay. and maybe drew a few panels. But most everything on Batman after that was done by other guys. Jerry Robinson, Bill Finger who wrote uh Batman he's you know Bill Finger may not have created Batman but he created the Joker he created the Penguin he created Robin Wow. he created all of this stuff and it was a, you know tragically sort of under Bob Kane's name okay um so it was only years and years and years later that these guys started getting some of the recognition i was sitting in a panel one time and uh at down, down at Comic-Con and the 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 guy who was moderating the panel's name's Mark Evanier um He said, okay, how many in this room, how many people in this room used to be Bob Kane and like five guys raised their hand?
1: Oh, 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 man. So that guy, he farmed out some work
0: is what I'm hearing. Yeah, pretty much. Holy but Christ. that's the, that was one of the ways it was done back then, right you know you had your studio and your studio did work for you, and you went out and got more contracts or whatever and it wasn 't the fairest thing in the world, but, but everybody it, had a job I that guess. was yeah, it was sort of the way it was done, and you know tragically it wasn 't fair right um it should have been more fair but and
1: so like Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, they don 't own a lot of the stuff at Marvel, is yeah. that correct
0: yeah well very little of it's creator owned okay. that 's just the way it was
1: right that's and what... again, you know. Kevin Eastman was talking about how that, yeah. that, that, that's, that's why him and Laird.
0: Yeah, created Peter Teenage Laird, Mutant Ninja Turtles.
1: And, the, and that's why they, t- the, the fluke of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, it's the earlier episode of The Dark Forest, yeah. right? Where he talked about, uh, so that's why they started the publishing company. They thought that they could, they were like, oh, we did this on purpose. We created something. We made a giant bag of money. Let's, let's help creators. Yeah. Uh, create their own thing, not realizing that teenage Mutant ninja turtles a bit of a fluke, yeah, and it just happened to strike. there's only on the been iron. a few
0: there's yeah. been a few over the years which have uh managed to make it through
1: like cerebus right yeah, Is cerebus
0: one? was one for a long time, although it never made nearly as much money as uh you know the ninja the turtles? turtles or oh, okay. other things.
1: Kevin Eastman was like we will people will buy that pr- property it'll lapse. Nobody will care about it. It'll come back to us. We will resell it. You want to do it on ice? Sure. Huh? And, uh, he's like, I will buy another house or I will put my kid through college. And it was, it was a great episode of The Dark Forest, by the mm-hmm. way. This has been a great episode of The Dark Forest, uh, Lee Bennett. It has been an hour. And, uh, so JPL is Jet Propulsion Labs and that is the, uh, uh,
0: the, the people that you, in the end, work for. Well, in the end, I work for NASA. Right. Um, NASA, oh, right. NASA sends money to Caltech. Caltech sends money to JPL and JPL sends money back to Caltech and then somebody <laughs> writes me a check.
1: Thank God someone at the, at somewhere in that chain, you are paying your bills. <laughs> and, uh, but this has been awesome. We'll have you back. We'll talk about SCA. We'll talk about sword fighting. We'll talk about, uh, anything, quite honestly.
0: We could probably talk another hour about DC comics in a few months.
1: Exactly. All right. Thanks for being on the show, man.
0: Thank you, Jackie.
1: Thanks for listening, folks. Take care. My hat,
0: my hat, my hat.